Welcome to the Arrive Podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians. I'm your host, Jeremy Richards, along with fellow U.S. immigration lawyer, Christine Jerusik. Today we are going to be talking about the bona fides of a marital relationship is defined as a marriage that was entered into out of love and not for immigration purposes. They want to make sure that when you married this individual, you did it because you were smitten and you want to spend the rest, rest of your life together, not because you want a green card, not because you want to come to the United States. Your purpose of, of filing this immigration paperwork cannot be solely to receive immigration benefits. It must be because it's based on a legitimate relationship. And they look at all sorts of evidence in order to determine whether or not a relationship is what they call bona fide. And here we'll call it a real marriage, right? It's either real or it's fake. It's real because it's a real life together or it's fake because you want to get a green card. Right. And the officers are, I mean, they're, they're looking for people that are manufacturing a relationship for the purpose of obtaining an immigration benefit. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing that. So that's their main objective in reviewing this evidence is, is this relationship a factual, real relationship? Exactly. And there are a lot of things that they look at. And there's some good evidence. We're going to talk about what good bona fide evidence looks like. And there's also red flags, things that the officers will look for. And if they see it, it could increase the scrutiny on your case. It doesn't mean they'll deny it, but it could mean that they're going to put a little extra scrutiny on the case. So some of the best forms of bona fide evidence, I would say, number one, knock it out of the park. If you have this, and I've had officers in interviews say, you know what, you have this, I'm just going to approve your case. Children. Birth certificates. If you have children (laughs) together, that is one of the strongest forms of evidence to show that this is a real marriage. Uh, That's because nobody's going out and having children with someone just to get permanent residence. The likelihood is very, very low, right? Um, So, and like I said, I've had officers in interviews tell me, I've reviewed your application, looked at the evidence. I see you have a kid together. looks like you're pregnant again. I see an ultrasound here. I'm going to go ahead and prove your case. But let's just go through the forms to make sure everything is accurate. But I have no issues with your case. So children... Definitely one of the best, but not everyone have has children. Not right. everybody's been married long enough to have kids, or maybe you you weren't fortunate enough to have children, or, or you're don't older, want children. You're older or it's an and older marriage. You or, have children from past relationships, but you just don't have any with your recent spouse. Or it's a new marriage, mm-hmm. right? You've only been married for a matter of months, and you're filing right away. Like when you filed your case, right? You were recently married, and you filed right away. So children, although it's the best form of evidence isn't always available. Number two. Financial information. Money. Show me the money, right? right? If you have joint finances, they love it. Joint bank accounts, joint credit cards, joint um, anything, joint retirement accounts, anything you can think of where you're sharing money, Or even if you're just the beneficiary on your spouse's. On a will. Yeah, beneficiary on on their their retirement accounts or 401k. RRSP, if you're Canadian. Show me the money. Yep. If, if, you're, if you are intercommingling funds as, as a spouse mm-hmm. in a marital relationship, very strong evidence. Sometimes you can have, sometimes, again, this is like having a child. Sometimes you have 
joint finances, sometimes you don't by the nature of your relationship. This can be difficult with new couples, especially if one of them's here, maybe they entered as a visitor and they don't have a social security number. So they don't have the ability. Or one of them's not here yet. Or not here yet. Right. And they aren't able to put them on some financial accounts. So very, very good evidence. But again, not always available. Uh, The longer you've been married, the more likely you are to have it. And the more likely the officer is going to expect you to have it. Good point. If you don't have it and you've been married for 10 years. There are going to be questions about that. That could be a huge red red flag. Yep. Uh, Why aren't you intermingling your accounts here? What's going on? Right. You say you're married, you've been married for 20 years and you have no joint accounts and, together. And they're very good at determining which ones are legit and which ones are not as far as accounts go. So if you've got one bank account with $500 in it and both your names on it and there's no activity on that account, they can suspect that you created that account just for the purpose of making it look like you have commingled finances. They want to see your day-to-day checking account with both your names on it, with your purchasing your Starbucks, your groceries, and all of these things Excellent together. Point. Yeah, you just can't have a dormant account right. with no transactions. So joint finances. Another one they look at, how long have you been married? If it's a short marriage, scrutiny is going to go up because you're not going to have a lot of this evidence. So uh, you need to probably go back to your dating history. Show, you know, had the progression of your relationship. to Social media. Social media, pictures, proof of vacations taken together. Um, Your rings, who proposed to who, like all these details. Gifts you bought for each other. That's another form of financial evidence. Meeting each other's families. If you haven't met each other's. That is a question. If you haven't met the in-laws or, you know, your, the mother and father-in-law, brother and sister-in-law, that raises doubt too if you haven't introduced your Unless spouse. Unless it's COVID. <laughs> yes. COVID has added a, another layer to these. But in general, how long have you been married? Have you met each other's families? Uh, the longer you've been married, again, this could be a plus or a minus. If you've been married a long time, you're probably going to be able to have a lot of this evidence readily available. They may not even ask for it if you've been married. I recently yep. went to an interview um, with a couple that had been married for seven years before, and she'd been in the U.S. for seven years before they even filed an application. They just couldn't get the finances together to afford a lawyer, and they knew they didn't wanted to do it correctly. So they finally got the finances together, got us on board. We got them approved at the end of the day, but they didn't ask them a whole bunch of questions about the relationship. They realized that this couple had been together for seven years, living together, um, you know, parenting each other's children and, and whatnot. So it was not a lot of questions and, and not a lot of financial evidence either. So... Duration of marriage yep. is another good one. Again, positive, but it also could it also could uh, be something they scrutinize. They raise their expectations for, yep. for what kind of evidence you should have. And then I would say the last form of evidence, and you just throw all the other evidence in here. Uh, if you look at the USCIS instructions, it talks about uh, all other evidence that you can include, which would include, and I put this at the bottom, <laughs> the lowest form of evidence, but sometimes... Well, it I mean, another get, piece of financial evidence that we didn't mention is insurance. Uh, health you know, insurance. Health life insurance, insurance. Life insurance. Automobile auto insurance, insurance. Even renter's insurance on your apartment or homeowner's insurance on your house. If you have both your names on that, that's pretty good evidence. Yeah. It, joint accounts in general, they they love to see that. But And then you can throw wills in there. In a healthcare Powers proxy. Of attorney, so even if you don't have a will, get a healthcare proxy. proxy. Yeah, life insurance. All of those things are great. And then all other forms of evidence would be affidavits. 
I had a, I had you you probably heard the saying I had a, a judge took a class from and he said even even the even a murderer can get their mother to say something positive about them right you can get somebody to say that your marriage is legitimate and put it on an affidavit you're going to be able to find friends right those are aren't the best forms of evidence so that's at the bottom people people often think that affidavits are the best because it's a legal document no it, it it actually is at the bottom photographs too Endless selfies. Well, <laughs> those those don't. So I, photographs I disagree are low. with you there. I know photographs alone isn't a legitimate alone. That's what, yeah. way um, to approve a case, but I think they really have a tendency to round out the application and to add a face to the story that you're trying to tell with this couple. Yes, along with the other evidence, right? right? Photos of your marriage, photos of your engagement, maybe photos of trips you've taken. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, though, where you see all these photos and it's there's selfies of just the couple with just the couple. scenic background. And yeah. there's just hundreds of them. Yeah. And some of them, you can tell they just changed clothes, same background. I mean, <laughs> you can, when the photos can be good, along with other evidence, if you just have affidavits and photos, you have a very weak application. True. Uh, and, but yes, if you have all of these together, and that's what they really want to see. A bona fide marriage, if you've been married and living with your spouse, you're going to have a little bit of everything on this list that we've talked about. If you have just what's on the bottom, you're you're going to have a, a difficult time of getting them to approve your case. If you have everything at the top, you're going to have an easier time, children, finances, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, red flags. There's some classic red flags. One of my favorites, age difference. And we've seen some crazy issue, age sure. difference, age uh, discrepancy cases. So my favorite, and we were able to get this, help this couple get approved. He was, there's a 46 year age difference. That's humongous. <laughs> he was 18 when they met. Oh, wow. They got married when he was around 20, if I remember correctly. They've been now married for 10 years. He contacted me again because he, want, he wants, uh, he's, I forget what he's doing now. I think he's uh, thinking about citizenship. But they've been now married for 10 years, so they're still together. They filed three times on their own. Each time it was denied before they came and asked for help with their petition. It was highly scrutinized because of the drastic age difference. They didn't believe this was a legitimate marriage. Uh, they had some good evidence they lacked some other of the other evidence we helped them compile all of this joint evidence and put it all together and at the interview the officer he, he point blank he said why are you back here again <laughs> we've denied you three times and we were able to present the evidence answer his questions he didn't approve it on the spot week later however he approved the case and he gave them their green card or the husband, the green card, uh, but it over took them a four times to get the evidence, right? Three times mm-hmm. in those cases, if you have a, a big age difference like that, there are concerns. Yeah. For sure. And you should really think about hiring another, an another one is uh, cultural differences too. So you got to be careful of that. Muslim Christian, right? Well, they'll Things just like have that. a few more questions. So they're not well, saying that people like that can't have a legitimate relationship, but they just want to understand how this is working and, you know, whether or not, you know, there's, it's just a sign that it might not be legitimate. Exactly. So you got to understand. And they do, and they do look like into that. it. Yeah, whether, they do. It, whether it's 
whether you agree with it or not, they will they will take. I've that actually into heard them ask in interviews where there's large cultural differences. What does your mother think of her? Yes, <laughs> and that's why they ask. Have yeah. you met the parents? Yeah, right. Because they want to make sure, especially if there's a cultural difference or yeah. a religious difference, they want to make sure that that the family, extended family, is okay with it too. You see that a lot with. It depends, but you you see that. And sometimes the answer is no. I've been to an interview where um, a very conservative American daughter uh, married a Jordanian husband and her family was not happy about it at all. Um, And literally none of their pictures included her family. It was a very sad situation, actually. She was quite upset by it, but um, they were a legitimate couple and uh, she actually had a lot of uh, good evidence, um, but no evidence with her family accepting him, unfortunately. So again, they faced a lot of questions, but we were able to overcome their concerns with the cultural differences. So that can be a red flag. Language. This is not one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. You don't speak the same language as your spouse. That's quite the red flag. And I had a case. I've actually had a few. It's got to be an interesting interview where one of the parties can't understand what's being asked. I had one. One of the spouses spoke Vietnamese. The other one spoke English. The officer looks at them and says, how do you communicate? They held up their telephones and said, Google Translate. Not a good situation. Mm-hmm. That, that casts immediate doubt on your relationship. If you're not able to communicate with your spouse, some, some might argue that's a good thing, <laughs> right? It makes a stronger relationship. But for immigration... No, they want to make sure that you're able to communicate and develop a relationship and have a legitimate relationship with your spouse. So if you don't speak the same language, that can also also be a, a big red flag. And you already mentioned a, another one, joint accounts. If you have no joint accounts or if you have nothing on paper that shows that you actually live together, that's another big red flag. Uh, if you're actually married, you should have things together. Whether it's a car or, and an, or a another, house. Or another thing that's a red flag that we didn't talk about before the show is how you met. So they get that question a lot. How did you meet each Always other? Ask, and you, yeah. you'd think that, you know, meeting online, that's actually a very legitimate way to meet people these days. So I haven't had, you know, these I have days, clients. It, it's true. When I met my wife in 1990, <laughs> wait, when 1998 online, that was creepy. <laughs> but nowadays it's normal, right? I hope it wasn't creepy, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> It turned out well. We're still married, but yeah. If you met on OkCupid now, yeah, I have clients normal. that are concerned. Oh, I, we met Match. online. Com. Yeah, Match. dot com is that going to be okay? Well, we met gaming yeah, online. Yeah, that's your story. That yeah, gaming online. That's your story. I'm not going to have you change that. You just tell the truth to the officer and explain how you met. Um, having met, uh, I'm trying to think of cases where, you know, the way they met the person and it really wasn't it caused an issue. One of them was being introduced by a family member. Um, my brother introduced me to her and, you know, brother, brother wanted him to stay in the United States and, uh, uh introduced me to, so they saw it as, uh, yeah. Yeah. And arranged. Yeah. My brother was here for many years. He invited me over as a visitor and, and, uh, introduced me to my, my wife. We got yeah. married oh, two weeks later. You know, that's, that raises concerns. So, so be careful. Yeah. You can see that why an officer would question that type mm-hmm. of relationship. So there are many things and we, I've seen a lot of interesting cases. How people meet is one of them. People meet all sorts of ways. 
right? Uh, just over the last couple of weeks, I could I could name several uh, meeting online gaming, meeting uh, online through a dating website. Um, I had a couple that was just approved two weeks ago. They met at a resort. I forget where in the Caribbean they were there with their families and they met in the Caribbean. Uh, another one who's going for interview actually Wednesday of this week, they met while she was in medical school and, um, school is a common one meeting in school, but mm -hmm. you can meet all sorts of different ways. Um, and what happens if, if they think that there's an issue with the marriage, with the application, at the time of interview, you'll find out really fast. Uh, they will, and in the movies they talk about, people always assume that these marriage-based interviews are just going to get separated. Well, in reality, if you have a strong application, you show these bona fides, mm -hmm. if you have joint finances, children. In most cases, yeah, you're not You're not going to get that's, separated. And that's called a Stokes interview when they separate you two. Into, into two separate interviews and they'll conduct them back to back in the same with the same officer same questions and the same questions spouses. to make sure that those yeah you know, your responses line up and i've seen some interesting stokes, stokes interviews and uh they were flagged for good reasons and they should have been separated and some of the answers will boggle your mind um you of how far off they are like <laughs> i had one say they had a stepchild together. The officer asked the one spouse, and I'm sitting in with that. Because if you're the attorney, you sit in each time the question uh, with that spouse individually. And they asked the one spouse, where does so-and-so live? And the response was, well, at our house with us. Next spouse comes in. Where does so-and-so live? Oh, he lives with the aunt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> one of you is not living in the same house. <laughs> that, the that's one. a yeah. very big difference. Right. Um, I've had them ask, what did you have for dinner last night? <laughs> the one spouse said, she cooked me, it was like steak and potatoes or something. And then the other spouse came in and she said, I worked last night. I didn't eat at home. I ate at a restaurant. Yeah. So when they do those interviews, they don't ask crazy questions they're they're questions that you should just know the answer to mm -hmm. how did you celebrate the last major holiday together they love that one uh, or what did you have for dinner last night who wakes up first what is what your work color schedule are your like? bedroom walls what color is the spread on your bed yeah they ask those kind of questions questions and you should know if you live in the same house some good advice on those interviews though is if you don't know the answer don't say anything say you don't know don't just make something up for the sake of answering. I had a couple, I didn't help them with their interview. They came to me after the fact, but uh, she did not know when garbage day was. And they said, when is garbage day at your apartment complex? Well, she never took out the garbage, so she had no clue. Um, and she said Friday uh, when her husband went in, he said, no, it's absolutely on Wednesday. And uh, that was a bit of an issue with their case. Absolutely. One of the best pieces or forms of advice for these cases, if you don't know the answer, don't make it up. Legitimate married couples don't know the answer to every question, number one. You can ask me what my wife and I, what I gave my wife for Christmas. I don't even, I have no clue. I have no clue. What did she give me? I have no clue. You did look confused there. <laughs> but these, like, it, if you have right. answers off the top of your head to these kinds of questions, it actually can be a red flag. Yeah. That you just immediately popping off these answers. Yeah. A normal married couple isn't going to know 100% of everything about the other couple. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, or you may not recollect, right? I don't remember. And that's okay to say too, is I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. So the important thing with these, these cases is they're trying to determine whether or not this is a legitimate marriage. Did you enter into this because you love each other or did you enter into this just for the sake of getting an immigration benefit? So the stronger cases will be supported by these forms of evidence that we discussed. If you don't have those, then there's going to be a lot more scrutiny on your case. Uh, in either case, you have to prove it. Immigration is, is paper-based. It's administrative law. You have to make your case with these documents by mail before you even get to an interview. So it's very important that everything that you is well-documented. You just can't say something without supporting it with an actual document to back it up. True. Just so you know, one of the things that will happen if you show up to your interview and you don't have, perhaps you, you submitted evidence initially with your application, you go to your interview, officer asks for some additional evidence. Hey, can, can I see any more evidence of this relationship? The way that's going to go down if you don't have it with you is they're going to usually give you an opportunity to send it in. So it would delay your case, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be denied the key, though, is providing evidence from throughout the relationship and not yeah, just evidence. running out after the interview yeah. and opening a bank account and opening joint credit cards and going and getting a will signed with your with your spouse. That's not going to solve your problem. They want to see evidence from before the interview date. So make sure, even if you didn't bring it with you, make sure you've created it and you've established it over the course of your relationship. And that's one of the pieces of advice we give to all of our clients when we file the I-130 petition for them is, okay, this is, this is the initial evidence. Between now and the time of your interview, you should continue to collect evidence of your marriage. I call it gap evidence to fill in the gap between the time you file and the time of your interview. Uh, and yes, if you had your interview and then you show up with, and everyone makes fun of me in the office for this, because I say it over and over with one bank statement that you yeah. just created yeah. that day. Right. That's horrible evidence. Uh, that you didn't follow instructions, but. So for a year you've been married or two years, you have one bank statement together. Mm -hmm. That's it. Officers are not going to look very kindly upon that evidence. So it'll be very tough to get that type of case approved. So these cases are made over time with proper evidence and, and carefully. Uh, if you are in a legitimate relationship, these are all forms of evidence you should be able to provide. Thank you for joining us today. If you haven't already, please subscribe where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Give us a thumbs up and a five-star rating. And most importantly, tune in next time to the Arrive podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians.